it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. Recently on the program, we announced that Sally Orish was to become the new Chief Executive Officer of Blind Citizens Australia. We've spoken to Sally many times on the program, but what we haven't done is heard the Sally Orish story. Just before we get to that, though, a brief announcement from John Simpson, Blind Citizens Australia board member. BCA members, friends and colleagues are invited to join the BCA board and staff on Friday, February 4th from 3pm Melbourne time to farewell our outgoing CEO, Emma Benison. Emma has been a director, president and CEO of BCA since 2012. In each of these roles, she has been an advocate, mentor, innovator and inspiration for people who are blind or vision impaired. She leaves BCA a stronger organisation, whose members are better informed, connected and empowered than ever before. Please join us via Zoom to thank and farewell Emma. Login details are available from the BCA website or by phoning or emailing BCA. To assist with roll call on the day, or to record your apology, please RSVP Daniel Verhoeven at events at bca.org.au or call 1-800-033-660. And now we turn to the first part of our interview with Sally Orish. Sally, before we get started, first let me congratulate you once again on becoming the Chief Executive Officer of Blind Citizens Australia. Thank you, Vaughan. That's, uh, thank you very much. We've spoken to you many times on this program. Uh, I'd hesitate to uh, to have a guess, but probably or at least around 10 times. But what we haven't actually done is had the Sally Orish story. So why don't you start by telling us where you grew up and uh, what your childhood was like? Sure. So I grew up on the central coast of, of New South Wales. It's, uh, it's about halfway between Sydney and Newcastle. Uh, and that is where I, I still live today and with the exception of a a few months living in California in the USA uh, I have always lived on the coast and still absolutely love it Uh, I live very close to the beach which is my favorite place in the world Uh, it doesn't matter which beach they're they're all great but growing up um yeah grew up with with mum and dad and three sisters um so second oldest out of out of the four and I think as far as childhoods go you know it was it was pretty pretty standard um, I'm the only person in my family who is vision impaired and I have been since I was born. Um, but yeah, I grew up at a, at a mainstream local primary school, mainstream high school. Um, so I went through the, the public education system here in New South Wales. And I mean, as far as childhoods go, I mean, it, it seems normal to me. Um, we spent a lot of time going camping and doing a lot of, you know, fun outdoor things. Um, you know, dad taught me how to how to water ski and, and how to ride a bike and um, yeah mum mum taught me to 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 cook and and also um, a lot about art uh, so mum was sort of integral in me learning uh, some of those things because she's quite a quite a creative person herself um, yeah that's pretty much my childhood and you mentioned that uh, you've been vision impaired since you were born what does that look like for you you're not totally blind are you uh, I have had periods where I have had nothing more than light perception. So for me, my vision is something that changes throughout the day. 
Um, I've had multiple cornea transplants, but that means I've also had multiple graft rejections. Um, and so when my transplants do reject, that does decrease my, my vision quite significantly at times. Um, so generally speaking, I usually have uh, some functional vision, like I can sort of see what's kind of in front of me out of one eye. If I close one eye and squint, uh, I can read sort of normal size text and print, but, but not for too long. Uh, but it weirdly, it, it does change a lot throughout the day. The longer the day goes on, the, the better it gets. And you mentioned that you went to a regular primary school and high school. Did you have any support through your education and what did that look like for you? Yeah, I, I did have um, probably less support in primary school. My vision deteriorated a lot when I was about 19, 20. Um, so I used to have a, a lot more vision than I do now. Uh, through high school, I had a little bit more support from uh, teachers' aides and itinerant support teachers, especially for more of the practical subjects. So for things like science and cooking and, and back in the sort of year seven and eight days when we had to do woodwork and metalwork and, and those kind of things. Um, so some support. I actually um, didn't know this until I ran into my year advisor from high school only a couple of months ago. But when my parents put in my application form for me to go to the local high school, it was actually rejected by the school. Um, and it was my mum who sort of had to, to step in and advocate on my behalf to make sure that I was accepted um, to the local high school. Um, so, yeah, I had been completely unaware of that my entire life until my, my year advisor, who also went into bat for me and, um, yeah, worked with my mum and the school administration to make sure that I was admitted until I ran into him by chance uh, a couple of months ago. It's funny how it works out. I don't ever remember having any issues through through high school. Um, I'm not sure if maybe there were a couple that I weren't wasn't familiar with, but I always, with the exception, I think of some art and some PE teachers. I recall having quite quite a good time at, at high school and, and quite enjoying it. You've mentioned a few things like water skiing and uh, uh, a lot of outdoor related activities, and you're still quite sporty these days. What are your um, I guess your your thoughts on outdoor stuff is is that something that you prefer rather than being inside? Mm, I'm a very active person in general, so yes, I do love my my outdoor stuff. I love uh, like ocean swimming, so so sort of longer distance ocean ocean swimming. Uh, I love to to run on the beach. I love to ride my bike, but I also uh, have a bit of a love of some some indoor activities too. So I do practice uh, aerial trapeze, um, mostly static trapeze. So not so much the the flying ones that you see in the circus where people get thrown from person to person. Although I would really love to give that a go, um, but I do practice static trapeze, and I'm also a huge, um, I guess, a gym junkie is probably the best way I've put it. I love I love doing. Uh, a lot of weight training as well. That's my other love. How do you think your vision impairment plays into doing activities like that? Is that something that you've just sort of grown up doing a lot of physical activities and, and that's transitioned as you your vision has deteriorated? Yeah, I was definitely part of a, a very active family. Uh, so growing up, all of my sisters played netball, tennis, soccer, hockey. Uh, they danced and while I didn't play any of those ball sports, they, they were a bit um, bit of a, a stretch for me. Um, I certainly took part in my own um, yeah, sporting activities. I was a competitive swimmer. 
growing up um, and also, yeah, did dancing, physical culture, gymnastics, uh, all, all sorts of stuff. So I think it's just something that I have grown up with. The things that I do have shifted over time and I'm also really grateful that I do have some support through the NDIS now that I can um, for some of those like trapeze which is a little bit more complex and a bit more uh, complicated I can have someone um, yeah come with me on, on the times that I, I do need that um, and I was fortunate enough to actually meet a, um, a retired aerial artist who was uh, quite happy to, to take me along to trapeze and be there to, to support me while I learnt. So that certainly helped as well. Is it something that you would recommend for a lot of people? Is it is it something that's, I guess, fairly conducive to working through with a vision impairment? Yeah, look, I, I think so. One of the struggles that I've had with learning trapeze is just finding someone who's really, really good with their instructions. Um, so, you know, there, there's no point saying, and this hand goes here and that foot goes there, um, because there is obviously a lot of body movement. But I've worked with a few people who give great directions, and that uh, has made it much, much simpler. And I think also being vision impaired, I feel like I have quite good proprioception, so um, an awareness of where my body is in space. So it doesn't matter to me if I am upside down or hanging off one leg or the other foot. Uh, I, I kind of know where the rest of my body is, which makes it quite easier to grab, um, you know, a, a foot, an ankle, whatever it is I need to, to make sure that I don't fall. Um, and also know where the trapeze ropes and, and bar are so that I know what I'm reaching out for and around about where it's going to be. Yeah, it's interesting. I found um, very similar when I was younger. I did a lot of gymnastics and I was quite good at things like uh, the parallel bars and the... Um, I've forgotten the name of them, the rings that hang down from the ceiling and and the, uh, you know, all sorts of other mm. things that because I was able to maintain uh, virtually constant contact with it. And so once I learned the moves and um, what needed to happen, it was easy enough to do. Um, whereas, the, you know, other forms of sports where you sort of ran in free space, I found much more difficult to to come to grips with. Uh, and I think a lot of people who are blind or vision impaired feel much the same way. If you're in contact with something, it's easy enough, assuming you have the level of fitness required, to to maintain that contact and to understand what it is that you need to do. And I've often said the same thing about things like ballroom dancing um, and things like that where you're maintaining contact with your partner. Um, from my perspective, is much easier than uh, what you might call modern dance or, or uh, disco dancing, where you sort of stand in the middle of a room on your own uh, and you really don't know what's going on. Would you agree with that? I, I would completely agree. And I think that's one change I've, that I've noticed in the activities that I sort of lean towards. Um, once my vision changed, I did sort of, um, yeah, stop, stop dancing. Um, but I have taken up things like trapeze where I'm always in contact with the apparatus or I do a lot of yoga and although it, they're both quite dynamic and fluid, I'm in the one spot the whole time. So that risk of uh, getting disorientated or running into someone or something, that's not there anymore. So mm. I think that's why I've sort of lent towards those activities as, as my sight's changed. And tell us about what happened once you left school. Did you go to uni and uh, what did you do? <laughs> no, I didn't. I graduated from year 12 and I started a diploma of community welfare work. Um, but having moved out of home by that point and being desperate for money and, and tired of being a, a poor broke student, um, after a year there and pretty much completing my, my course, I did uh, 
start working, I started working in employment services and that's where a lot of my, um, the beginnings of my employment were. I worked for a few different employment services um, in the job services contract, so mainstream unemployment services. I worked particularly with ultra long-term unemployed people um, and also those who were very, very recently unemployed, so might have only lost their job in the, the previous week or two. I was also the work for the Dole Program Coordinator for the Central Coast for, for quite a few years. Uh, and so I did that for about, I think it was nearly 10 years. Uh, it wasn't until my early 20s that I went to university for the first time to study a health science, food and nutrition degree, uh, which I didn't actually end up completing, um, mostly because I realised that actually, while I'm very interested in, in health and nutrition, it probably wasn't a space I really wanted to work in. Um, I ended up going back to university when I was 30 and started a social science organisation management degree, uh, which I'm hoping to complete at the end of this year. And we'll continue with that discussion in next week's program. If you'd like to contact Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1800 033 That number again, 1800 033 If you'd like to email, contact bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au. Have a look at the website if you want to know more about the work of Blind Citizens Australia or what's happening in the community and uh, if you'd like to find out more about blindness and vision impairment. If you'd like to donate to the organisation, you can find ways on the website in which you can do that. I'm Vaughan Benison. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of our dreams Of our dreams